Welcome to this reading of God's Word. Um, We are continuing our look through this letter from Paul to the Christians at the church at Philippi and to Christians everywhere. And if you would like to follow the reading with me, you will find it on page 1180 in the chairwells in front of you. Uh, and it will, we will be starting at uh, chapter 4 of this letter from Paul to the, the Philippian church and beginning at verse 1 and reading through to verse 9. Therefore, my brothers and sisters, you whom I love and long for, my joy and crown, stand firm in the Lord in this way, dear friends. I plead with Euodia and I plead with Syntyche to be of the same mind in the Lord. Yes, and I ask you, my true companion, help these women since they have contended at my side in the cause of the gospel, along with Clement and the rest of my co-workers whose names are in the book of life. Rejoice in the Lord always. I will say again, rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Jesus Christ. Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, Think about such things. Whatever you have learned or received or heard of me or from me or seen in me, put it into practice and the God of peace will be with you. Mike, thank you very much for reading. Um, Please would you keep, uh, keep that open? Uh, in front of you, and that would be a huge help to me. Uh, Oh, no, no, you can leave the bat there, it's fine. (laughs) Give people something to look at. Um, I don't know, are you familiar with this book? Um, I appreciate it's not the best visual aid. Uh, It's um, C.S. Lewis's The Screwtape Letters. Do you know that one? Um, Published 1942. Uh, The premise of the book is a senior devil is writing to a junior devil encouraging the junior devil. Here is how to ensure that uh, the person who this devil has been assigned to um, has you know, uh, no chance of either becoming or staying a Christian. Um, it's really, really perceptive. It's actually quite a painful book to read because it just puts, it, it puts the finger on all of the, the state of our hearts, really. Um, it's not very long, it's not very difficult, it's well worth reading, and it's almost always available in the second-hand part of Christian bookshops. So get yourself to Books Alive and get yourself a copy if you don't own one. 
This morning, I want to preach a sermon in the style of the Screwtape Letters. Now, I've not done this before, uh, and it might go badly wrong. Um, in which case, it's been lovely seeing you all, and we'll never meet again. <laughs> if it doesn't go badly wrong, you know, I hope to be invited back at some point. Uh, so with apologies to C.S. Lewis, let me, let me pray for us. Lord, you're good. Uh, your ways are good. Your commands are good. Cause us to love the goodness of your son, we pray, as we read this, your word. Cause us to, to delight ourselves in the goodness of the family that he has placed us in. We ask for Jesus' mighty name to be glorified. Amen. So uh, the title of the sermon is How to Ruin a Gospel Church. Uh, that's what the church in Philippi is. It's a, it's a functioning church, a group of, of people who have partnered with Paul in his ministry and his mission. And it's, it's under attack, sure, sure. It's facing opposition, it's facing hostility. But it is by God's grace, ha- cracking on with the beautiful and difficult business of gospel work. Paul is, uh, is writing to this church to encourage them. Keep going, he's saying. Or, as he actually says in verse 1, stand firm. Just glance down with me in verse 1. Therefore, my brothers and sisters whom I love and long for, my joy and crown, stand firm in the Lord. So, the purpose of my sermon, in which, may I stress once again, Please look at this. My tongue is firmly in my cheek. The purpose of this sermon is to undermine that. I hope that um, a a touch of gentle satire will be a means by which uh, the Lord speaks to us. So here are some tips on how to undermine a gospel church. Here's the first one. View church as a club. View church as a club, not a family. Consider yourself a member of the BH club. And make sure your name's on the electoral roll. And granted, like all clubs, you'll have to part with some cash at some point. But once you've done that, please adopt a club-like mentality. With that in mind, your, your monthly visits to the BH club should become six-weekly. And from six weekly, I hope you aspire to termly visits, which allowing for holidays and other family commitments will very soon become just Christmas and Easter. I mean, the gym don't mind, do they? You're a member of the gym. They don't mind how often they see you, as long as you pay your dues. That should be your approach to being a member of Club BH, as I'm now calling it. And while you're there, please treat other members of the club as you would like to be treated. Leave them alone. (laughs) Church is tedious enough without the need for you to bother others or for them to bother you. Please adopt a Club BH mentality. But how does Paul view his partnership with the church in Philippi. Please look down at verse 1. Therefore, my brothers and sisters, you whom I love and long for, 
my joy and crown, stand firm in the Lord in this way, dear friends. It's nonsense, isn't it? It can't be Club BH. Not for Paul. These are family. These are brothers and sisters. He loves them. He considers them to be, to be nearer to him than his flesh and blood. He's separated from them. He's in prison at the moment. He can't be with them. And that for him, it's a physical pain. How to ruin a gospel church. Tip number two. Major on the minors. Now this tip is closely related to viewing BH as a club and not a family. Uh, But as you know, a club is designed to meet your needs, isn't it? And when those needs aren't being met... Make sure everyone knows about it. So if someone's sitting in your seat, make sure that they know how displeased you are. Uh, Tackle Ben after the service, and then follow up um, with the church wardens, normally is best, a few really incendiary emails with vague but catastrophic threats about what's going to happen if those people ever dare sit within three rows of where you want to be sitting. Do all you can to find something that is totally insignificant to the gospel mission of BH and make that the be-all and end-all of your membership of Club BH. Now, if you're wondering, if you're casting around for things to think of, you can't go wrong with music, Matt, sorry. But get hugely, hugely cross if they sing your favourite hymn To the wrong tune. (laughs) Now, here's another one. Find out if afterwards the coffee that is served is both fairly traded and Rainforest Alliance certified. (laughs) And if it isn't, go nuclear. Go nuclear. I mean, the first thing you should do is find some... I don't know, vague and tangential something on the internet uh, where you can say that this is the key, actually, to church growth. Print it off and distribute it to everyone. I mean, if they're inside the church, brilliant. But if they're outside the church as well, and bang on and on and on about it. Please, major on the minors. Or to preserve the unity of a gospel church... To boost the effectiveness of BH, look with me please at verses 2 and 3. I plead with Euodia, I plead with Syntyche to be of the same mind in the Lord. Yes, and I ask you, my true companion, help these women since they have contended at my side in the cause of the gospel along with Clement and the rest of my co-workers whose names are in the book of life. Paul says, Euodia, Syntyche, here's what matters. Your names are in the Lamb's book of life. That is what defines you. Not your current disagreement. That is what defines you. Therefore, have the same mind in the Lord. You are united together in Jesus. You are one. Therefore, have the same mind. Stand together. Remember that in any disagreement, Euodia and Syntyche, there is a third person. The Lord Jesus Christ. And both of you 
should seek to please him in the midst of your disagreements. And remember, remember we all have the same job. Remember, we are contending with Paul in the cause of the gospel. So be of the same mind. And if you're not currently Euodia or or Syntyche, that's great. But there is another role for us to play, isn't there? That as part of the family, we are to help those who are having a disagreement to remember that the Lord is near. Not to gossip, not to join in, not to take sides, not to pour a bit of petrol on the blaze, but to say, my dear sisters, my friends whom I love, beloved, there is a lost world to reach with the gospel. Shall we just, you know, agree to, to disagree over the wattage of the light bulbs? Tip three on how to ruin a gospel church follows along nicely, actually, from majoring on the minors. It's, it's tied into it. Uh, complain loudly and long. Complain loudly and long. Uh, I'll take it uh, as read that you would, as part of majoring on the minors, want to complain loudly and long to people within the church family. But don't stop there. I'd like to see that discontent spread as widely as possible amongst the wider community of people who know uh, about the church. Have impossibly high standards of everyone who comes to BH, except yourself. So, um, uh, so that way you'll always have something to be disappointed about, won't you? And when that disappointment comes, oh, make sure everyone knows about it. Do you know about WhatsApp? I was the last person in my family to find out about WhatsApp. It's a brilliant way to share your discontent. Please ensure that if you're not in a small group, that you quickly join one, and that your small group has WhatsApp. Because then they can know just how discontented you are. There is a problem which I found with WhatsApp, and that is the groups can be a little bit small. So I want to encourage you that with your discontentment, with your, with your complaining, uh, think more broadly. I mean, there are opportunities, aren't there? Those of you um, who have kids at Aldrington, I think that's quite a good one. Drop off. Monday morning. How was your weekend? <sighs> yeah, it's tough at BH at the moment. Would you pray for us? Got to go. Job done. Just spread that discontentment. I mean, it's particularly effective amongst other Christians, you know, within the wider Hove and Brighton area, which is why Aldrington is so splendid for that. But you could always seek to spread your discontentment, being as loud as possible, uh, at work. You could always go for the, um, the complaint apology. Have you come across that? It's quite subtle, but I think it's really, really effective. Really, really effective at undermining gospel churches. Because here's what you do. You're at work, and you're a bit snappy with someone. Uh, perhaps you, you, know, you, you cut someone dead, or you... I don't know what you do, but you're rude, basically. And when they sort of raise an eyebrow at you, uh, you go for the complaint apology, okay? Uh, what you do is you say, Oh, I am sorry about that, but... Um, Really having a tough time at church at the moment. I, I don't want to mention it, but 
Yeah, it's really difficult. I shouldn't have done that, but if you knew what I was going through, you'd understand. Perfect. The complaint apology. I commend it to you for undermining the work of a gospel church, particularly if you work locally. I mean, it'll, it'll fly wherever you are, but locally has the maximum impact on undermining the gospel ministry of BH. So what is the antidote? What is the antidote to that? How can we preserve the gospel ministry of Bishop Hannington Church? Well, have a look at verse 4 with me. Rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again. Rejoice. Be thankful. Be thankful for the salvation that's yours in Christ Jesus. Be joyful that because of Jesus, you're not treated as your sins deserve. Glory in the fact, glory in the fact that although your sins are like a big red stain down the front of your shirt, because of Jesus, they're washed totally clean. As a Christian, you and I always have something to be thankful for. Now, I've got to admit, that's not... That's not my natural shot. That's not my natural, you know, approach to life, being thankful. So I've been trying to get better at it. It it doesn't always work. But before I go to bed, I try and say thank you for three things that have happened that day. Before I go to bed, I started off writing them down because I was so hopeless at it. Uh, I, I had a little bit of scrubby paper and a pencil. Three things that I'm grateful to the Lord for today. And then I try and train myself to rejoice more. Before I, I, I get up, I, I try and think, um, Lord, thank you. Thank you that the night's passed. I praise you that I am one day's march closer to home. I don't know what the day's going to be in. Often I look at my diary and I think, oh, why isn't it holidays? But it's always true that I can rejoice that in Christ I am one day's march closer to home. Rejoice in the Lord. Here's the next tip of how to ruin a gospel church. Uh, Win at all costs. Win at all costs. Remember, BH is a club. It's here to provide a service. And like all clubs, the resources are going to be limited. Therefore, you need to look after number one. Uh, You need to look after you. No one else is going to stand up for your needs and your wants. So make sure you do when you approach it. Anything the church is putting on, make sure you get what you're due as a member of this club. Do everything it takes to get a win from whatever situation. And make sure your reputation within the church, and I guess outside the church, but in the church is what matter, is as somebody who is a pretty sharp operator. Somebody who others don't want to cross. And and then they won't. And you'll get everything you deserve. Now, just a a word on this. It might be helpful for you to, um, to target one or two people so that you might have power relationships is what I call them. I don't, I don't want to use the term friendships because it's not appropriate for a club, uh, but do think of them as power relationships. People who are movers and shakers, uh, people with influence who you can cultivate, uh, who you can be near and who will ensure that you win. 
Remember that's your priority, winning. And that you can't make an omelet without cracking some eggs. Uh, and whether that's cracked eggs or cracked people, what can you do? It's the cost of winning. So win the admiration and the respect to the people in your small group. Uh, win a place for your car in the car park. Uh, win a place for your child at, at, at King's. And you'll need sometimes to leverage some of these power relationships I've been talking about so that they work for you. That's a brilliant way to ruin a gospel church. No, Paul says the way to thrive as a gospel church is to be gentle. Be gentle. Look at verse 5 with me, please. Let's your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Let your forbearance, let your kindness, let your patience be evident, be obvious, be seen by everyone. Especially those people who annoy you. Especially those people who, who take up lots of your time. Especially those people who are a bit of a drain on you emotionally. Especially those people who everyone else avoids. All of those people are covered by that dangerous three-letter word, all. Let your gentleness be evident to all. Why? Because the Lord is near. Do you know that? Do you know the Lord is near? He's near to us as we meet together this morning here the Lord is amongst us. The Lord is near to us. How you treat someone is of great significance to the Lord Jesus Christ. Do you remember um, when, you were, when you were in the family? If you wanted to get a little dig in with your, uh, with your brother or sister, you wouldn't do it in front of your parents, would you? No, you wait till they're in the other room. And then you get scribble on their drawing or get the elbow out or steal their biscuit or, or whatever else. You, you do it when the parents aren't there so they can't see. It's just, you know, it's ch child rearing 101. Well, Christian brothers and sisters, the Lord is near. He is present in, in all of our engagements with each other. Therefore, let your gentleness be evident to all, Paul says. Give up your rights for the good of others. Use your time and your treasure and your talents that others may flourish, that others may prosper, that others may grow in the Lord. And pray. Pray for the fruit of the Spirit. Pray that he would be at work, that, that you and I would be gentle people. I'll never forget um, one of the, the absolute pearls uh, that the principal of my theological college said in a totally unscripted, totally offhand way, um, just before we left. I can't remember why. I think we were, we were having a photograph or something. And, and he had us all lined up, all the leavers. And he said, um, when you get to your parishes, be gentle with the people there. Because for some of them, the Lord Jesus was pleased to die. The Lord is near.
so be gentle. Let your gentleness be evident to all. Two more tips to go. I'm in danger of overstaying my welcome. The next is this, uh, how to ruin a gospel church. The next hot tip, back yourself. Back yourself. Rely on your talents and your gifts. Uh, You are people in this room who are used to getting things done. In this room, if we were to sum it all up, there would be a huge collection of knowledge and experience and wealth and, and people who've taken opportunities, who've built com- companies, who've traveled places, who've done things with their lives. Back yourselves. BH are fortunate to have an exceptional staff team. It's only improved with the departure of a curate about six years ago. And if there is a problem, then they are the people who are paid to deal with it. They too should back themselves. And BH is fortunate to be gaining a godly and loving pastor teacher in Nick. And, you know, when he comes, he's going to need something to do. So make sure his in-tray is quite full. He will need to back himself too. And, and the best way for that to happen is by you ensuring there is plenty of stuff to dump, I mean, to give him when he arrives. Listen, when you come up with a problem, just, you know, work it out. Delegate it. Throw money at it. Or, and my personal preference, is to steal an idea from another church that had a vaguely similar thing happen and it seemed to work for them. You want to know, much like we do in Hailsham, how can we best reconnect with families who we haven't seen since COVID? Well, I suggest a focus group. Perhaps you could send out an uh, an email with a um, a questionnaire saying, hello, we haven't seen you. Sorry, we suck. Uh, What is it in particular we suck at? (laughs) Get a graphic designer to give the publicity the once over. Uh, Refresh the team, buy in some new resources. Whatever it is, back yourselves. Now, some of those might not be awful ideas. But none of them are to be the heartbeat of a gospel church. Have a look at verse 6, please. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. The heartbeat of a gospel church must be prayer. The heartbeat of a gospel person must be prayer that moment by moment, day by day, we're crying out, Lord, Lord, help. Please have mercy. Please help me. That we know we have a a heavenly father who's powerful and good and And so we say, Lord, come and be powerful and good in this situation because we haven't got a clue. We need you. We're not sufficient for this task. In every situation, rejoicing, lamenting, full of joy in the depths of despair, Christian people pray. We pray when we know what to do. We pray when we don't know what to do. We pray because we're dependent and because we're desperate. I'm, um, I'm out of date with BH. I'm sure things are different. But six years ago, 
for the size of church that we are, we prayed small. I'm sure things are different now. I can tell you things aren't much different in Hailsham. We're a smaller congregation. And you know what? We pray small. We say to the church family, please come and pray because we haven't got a clue what we're going to do about these families. And people are busy. People are tired. And we pray small. One of the ways of ruining a gospel church is to back yourself. And it's hard, I think. It's hard particularly for churches like, like BH because in God's goodness, you are an unusually gifted congregation. You've got really talented leaders across the church. You've got people who've made a success of their lives. And so prayer is hard. Being dependent is hard. Admitting, I need you, Lord, help me, please, is hard. But you know what? Without prayer, churches die. Without prayer, gospel churches die. So as someone who loves you, can I ask, have you got the dates of the prayer meeting in your diary? Will you make sure that nothing else goes in next to it or after it or over the top of it? Have you got the date of the one after that in the diary as well? Will you pray to, will you commit now to pray for Nick and, and Sam and Harriet and, and Miriam and Ollie as they move down? Yeah, come to the party, welcome them. They'll need welcoming. They're going to need loads of help. They're going to need loads of your love. And one of the best ways in which you can express that love is by praying for them. Okay, the last one, and I'll try and be a little bit briefer. The last way to ruin a gospel church, fill your hearts with anything except Scripture. Fill your hearts with everything except Scripture. Brighton and Hove, here we are. We are at the point of the cultural spear, if you like, in this country. It's true, isn't it? Uh, we in Hailsham are still in the late 1970s. You got, which is great. That works brilliantly for me. You guys, you're right there. There are things that are happening in, in your office places, in your families, in your, in your schools, which, oh, we've got years yet in Hailsham. So how to ruin a gospel church? It's really key that you guys are all over the latest cultural trends. Watch the vlogs, read the blogs, comment on all the tweets, forward all the stories. Rory's sort of out of his depth here in social media terms. Get all over that stuff. Make sure that you know moment by moment. I mean, it would be really handy actually to download the, um, the BBC breaking news app to your telephone because that ensures that every time anyone does anything, your phone will buzz and you will look at it. And you won't have a moment to draw breath, to engage with people around you, and you certainly won't have a moment to engage with Scripture. 
Immerse yourself in the film scene, the club scene, the craft brewing scene, the coffee shop scene, the performance art scene. Join every bookshop you can, uh, every book group you can. Get elected to chair Preston Nomads. Become our Kayla of the local cub pack. Fill your lives with things. Except scripture. What does Paul say? He says, immerse yourself in Scripture, doesn't he? Verse 8. Have a look down, please. Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Whatever you've learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, put it into practice. And the God of peace will be with you. Immerse yourself in scripture. I've um, been really enjoying uh, um, listening to um, David Suchet reading uh, the Bible. And uh, I was listening to Psalm 119. Um, I've got it on CD, just so you know how old I am. I've got it on CD. And I have a car that still plays CDs. Brilliant. Uh, I've got it on CD, and it's remarkable how Scripture is talked about in that psalm. The expectation of what Scripture does as we, as we hear it read, as we read it ourselves. Plus, it's being read by Hercule Poirot, so that's pretty brilliant as well. But it speaks of its truth and its nobility, its purity, its loveliness, its excellence, its praiseworthiness. Fill your lives, fill your hearts, fill your families, fill your homes with the goodness of God in his words. Do everything you can, my friends, to soak your lives in it, to read it, to memorize it, to listen to it, to sing it. And then, as verse 9 says, live it out to the glory of God. Do what it says and enjoy the peace of God. I better pray. I should have stopped some time ago. Let me pray and I'll, I'll hand back. Just a moment for us to, to speak to the Lord in the quiet of our hearts as he has spoken to us. Oh Lord, I, I want to pray for this, um, this church family. I thank you for them. Thank you for the love that you have shown to them. Thank you for the gospel heart that they have and the, the gospel mission that you've given them to make disciples of Jesus Christ in Brighton and Hove and for the world. Lord, I ask please that you might have equipped my brothers and sisters for that mission. You might have emboldened them in their love of our Lord Jesus and, and enable them to serve him with deeper joy as a result of our, our time together. Amen.